Oh, I have to, I really just want to sing, and I feel like this is the best place to do it, right? Like, oh, it's for Andrew Aaronzeller, right? It's for God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Holy moly! Goodness gracious. I know, you want to tune this off. You're like, what is she doing? She is not a singer. It's not about that. It's all for the glory of God. You guys, this podcast is going to bless you on so many more levels than you're ready to even handle right now. And so whatever you're doing, however you're doing it, get ready to have your heart posture change. Get ready to break free. Get ready to dance. Will you guys dance with me? I need to put like a tune to this intro that just causes you to just do a two-step to just like step out in faith and just praise God with your body, with your mind, with your spirit, all the things. And get ready to just understand what it's going to be like to have a new roar, a restored roar, in fact, from RestoreTheRoar.co with Andrew Aaronzeller. You guys, hallelujah. It's so good. It's so, so good. He and his wife and his babies and just what the Lord has done in his life, I am blown away by and so honored to just have an opportunity to sit with him, to learn from him, to glean from his worship encounters and his gifting. And I pray that you guys activate from here. He's got a call for the church. He's got a call for his bride. He's got a call for you, for you individually. And so tune in. Do not miss this opportunity to be present in his presence. And I just pray that it blesses you. I know it's going to. What a treasure. Thanks, Andrew, for coming on. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to my new friend who I get to call brother very quickly. It's so cool to be a part of the family of God, right? Like it's just instantaneous knowing that kindred, knowing that agape love. Uh, Andrew, you have been a blessing to my family in such a short period of time just to be able to worship alongside you, to have your sound and your music from heaven, like deposits of, of songwriting and lyrics in our car, in our home. Um, you're a treasure. And I just know that the Lord is just so like, ah, I did a good job with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tara. That's uh, so encouraging. Receive that. Well, I am so excited for the community to learn about what the Lord has you doing right mm. now in this amazing season. And one of the, my favorite things is to also take that zoom, that zoomed lens of what is the history of Aaron Zeller? What is Andrew's, you know, backstory and how yeah. did it get established? Because a lot of times people look to this current moment, this as a highlight reel, right? Of like, oh, wow, he's got all these albums. He's doing this awesome revival worship music movement and all these mm. other pieces. But there's a story, there's a backstory and and it could be one of uh, that I have no idea about. I'm sure it will shock me in awe and wonder <laughs> of what the Lord has done. Um, but let's get into it. Tell, yeah. tell us, you can start where you want, wherever you feel yeah. like. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's an honor, a privilege, anytime to share your story, right? So I yeah. uh, feel definitely uh, just encouraged by you and, and by our friendship and what you carry too. So my story, man, I, you know, I was born and raised in Florida. Um, my family comes from uh, South Florida, like the Miami area. 
but relocated up towards like the space coast. So I, when I was a boy, I would watch all the space shuttles get launched, you know, from Cape Canaveral where we lived. Um, And so I think in a, in a way that kind of touched my, my spirit and my music because um, you know, men and women were routinely sent to space (laughs) to uncharted (laughs) territories. And, you know, the idea of going to the heavenlies is a, uh, in the natural mm. I think it's prophetic of the supernatural it's prophetic of of the heavenly realm you know that yeah. heaven and earth are meant to be married are meant to have uh, a coexisting relationship and so I think in some strange ways some kind of spiritual way the Lord touched my life at an early age truly gave me a ministry when I was just a kid you know started playing music when I was around seven came from a musical wow. family both my parents were musicians. My grandmother was a concert pianist. And so it's kind of in the blood. Um, and then revival, like Florida's a, a revival hotbed, you know, lots of times things get started there and then they kind of spread other places. And uh, I, I don't think it's just um, just Florida by any means. I, sure. I think for whatever reason, Florida just happens to be where I was from and how it marked my life. So I saw what God could do in those special seasons that we call revival, where there's a momentum and an energy and a, uh, a presence of God that's unique. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, as a, as a boy, I grew up kind of around that and uh, journeyed with the Lord, um, you know, into high school and college and discovered that I had a real gift for, uh, for worship and for ministry and, and uh, an anointing. I mean, I honestly didn't even really know Holy Spirit. I grew up in a denomination that uh, didn't really emphasize the Holy Spirit. And so in my life where I was really asking some questions and going, Lord, I I need to know you. I really want to know you. And God met me in a really special way. Um, uh, (laughs) Sent me uh, sort of a messenger that um, prayed with me. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and my life changed dramatically. My music changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. And the Lord really anointed me, I think, for the purpose that he had, which was uh, ultimately to be like a doorkeeper, to open the door. You know, I see myself that way in a lot of ways is um, open the door so that he can be seen. He can be heard. And music has a powerful way of doing that, of wow. uh, opening the doors. You know, Psalm, I think it's Psalm 84 that talks about I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Yes. Um, well, in the tents of the wicked, you know, yeah. better is one day in your courts, Lord. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's been in, in a nutshell. That's kind of been my journey as a musician, as a worship leader, um, you know, had some time, you know, to explore record deals and that kind of side of music and had a lot of opportunities. And every time I got close to that, God would just say, no, I don't have that for you. I have mm-hmm. something different. And So in a lot of ways, it's been pioneering work. It's been um, staying faithful and true to the ministry that was given to me. I didn't start a ministry. It was given to me. And over the course of my life, I've learned how to steward that under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And there's always temptation. You know, money can be a temptation or fame can be a temptation. We have these temptations that can often derail us from our true calling. And God knows that. He doesn't judge us for that. We are not our temptations. Uh, We are not even our sin, you know, we are sons and daughters of the most high God. And when we begin to uh, delight ourselves in him even more, and sometimes that's a deliberate choice. It's like, I want that. And it's, it looks good, but yeah, we have to follow the Holy spirit. And that's Mm -hmm. what I tell people. It's what I've taught, you know, people that I've discipled and mentored Um, obey Holy spirit. That's how I was discipled. My, um, one of my pastors growing up, this is a funny story. My first mission trip was to Haiti and I was a young man and I was new in the Holy Spirit and I didn't speak Haitian, but we were invited to go do these revival crusades and, you know, thousands of people from all over would just come yeah. and um, it was wild. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what songs to sing. I didn't know what yeah. to, it was all new to me. And every time I'd go to my pastor and say, what am I supposed to do? Tell me what to do. And he would say, what is Holy Spirit telling you to do? Yeah, And he would say that over and over again until the point where I was like, stop saying that to me. And he, <laughs> You're not he answering my question. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But it was, it was really foundational because 
as believers, if we can't discern the voice of the Lord, then we can't navigate the 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 terrain of our own lives or, or our own society. I, I love the scriptures. I read the scriptures every day. But Jesus said, in, in I think it's John 6, he said, you, you search the scriptures for me. I'm, yeah. I'm here right in front of you. You know, yeah. the scriptures are wonderful, but they point us to the living presence of God who has, wants to have a living connection with us in order for us to be living expressions of his will. And so, you know, as a young man, I was I was being trained and dis- discipled to walk in the spirit. And as we walk in the spirit, we don't satisfy, we don't yearn and long for those other things. We can stay true to the calling that God has for us. And then we truly live um, in his peace, you know? So I'm very fortunate. I'm very glad that I've been able to, uh, you know, make music, record albums and, and release those. And it's all been his grace, all of it. It's all his grace. It, none of it has been, um, because of my doing. And I can honestly say that there's been moments where I tried to step out in my own, you know, my oh, own yeah. thing. And it, it, it just, <laughs> you know, plummets real quick. So yeah. it's the life of the spirit that we long for. And that's the substance that we want to give back to the world. Yeah, it's so good. Gosh, I mean, what an honor to be able to have stepped into or been born into this generational lineage, right? That was able to train you up in in sound, even if there wasn't Holy Spirit being present, they were still training you up like mamas, grandmamas. I think about that. I, I didn't really have that. And even though like I grew up, like I knew the Lord's prayer in my home and we went to church occasionally, I didn't really know anything about God through that. I didn't know who he was. I definitely didn't know what a relationship with Jesus was like. And so worship for me has been such an evolution of intimacy with Christ when Mm -hmm. I was completely prodigal. I was just telling somebody this the other day. I'm like, God, in hindsight, I could see him all the time. It's just when you're in that pace, when you're in that, like, I'm going for the fleshly comfort, I'm going for the thing that everybody else is doing right now, I'm going for, you know, culture over the creator, there was Mm. this worship leader, this young college kid who would stand on the corner on my way up to my dorm room, and every single Friday, he would be singing acoustic, just singing and strumming his tune, and because I went to youth group growing up through Young Life, I knew every word. But I was not in a place to even be able to sing those words because I was just totally in my own flesh. And I would always be like, gosh, like, could you just stop that? It was almost just like a, hey, I hear you. Hey, I see you. Hey, just just let you know I'm standing over here strumming my guitar waiting for you. And I, I never even put two and two together at the time. I was just like, get past this so I don't have to feel that contention, that conviction, you know, mm. and I think as I've come into knowing God so intimately, especially um, one of the first things that I did was I felt called. Have you ever heard of Burn 24-7? You know, David yeah. Fritch and that crew. Yeah. David well, Fritch is a good friend of mine. Oh, he's been on the show too. And he's just such a such an amazing man. It's so cool to see what the Lord is doing in his life now. It's um, different and yet expansive. And so yes. he had come to speak at our church. And this was the first time I even knew what Holy Spirit was, who he was, how it even operated. Like it was a Pentecostal church versus a non-denominational church. So you get it. (laughs) And uh, he got up on stage and he was talking about this burn 24 seven thing. And I ended up saying yes to this worship school. That was a year long. I was the only person who didn't have chops and didn't play an instrument. And so they're all like, what are you, what are you doing here? Why are you in this thing? And I'm like, I love music. I love to dance. I love to sing. You just don't want to give me a microphone. And so Uh it was a year long it just un undoing. It really was an undoing of like, what does this mean? What is music even meant for? And in that time, we as a family had released secular music fully. And so that's been seven years since that happened. And I just realized more and more and more the heart of worship, right? And you know that song, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Good one. And it's like the simple tunes that make the most dynamic imprints. And so I think that there's just something for people in this experience that you're now walking into with Restore the Roar, which I'm excited for you to share, that Mm. people are being summoned. And that's what even the Asbury Revival, we've talked about a lot on the podcast, 
it's the it's the intimacy blended with the simplicity that his glory is like that much more dynamic. He's like, I don't need the smoke and mirrors. I don't need all the fancy things. I just want your attention. Yeah, that's so good. Yes. And, you know, as you were talking about um, you participating in the school. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So good. God's so good. (laughs) You know, Oh, what a what a testimony that you you don't even have to be the thing that you think is acceptable mm-hmm. in order to be at the table. Oh, right. Come on. We disqualify ourselves every single yeah. day because we think, oh, I'm not welcomed to that uh, part of God or to his table because I don't do A, B and C. But right. I, I even want to say like. You know, one of the things that God really takes seriously, if you look at Psalm 149, yeah. uh, it says uh, um, in verse three, well, I'll just, I'll just read the first three verses here. This is the, these are some of the halal Psalms, right? Which is okay. a very core foundational element to restore the roar. Halal meaning mm-hmm. it's one of the Hebrew words for praise. One of the most important Hebrew words, one of the most repeated Hebrew words for praise, which means to rant, to rave, to act clamorously foolish, to flash like a bright celebration, like a bolt of lightning. It even can be translated to be willing to appear temporarily insane, (laughs) to be willing to appear temporarily insane, like one who's gotten married, right? So these different ideas, bright celebration, just think like, you know, a wedding ceremony where everyone's kind of just loose, you know, you, you have the ceremony, and everyone's excited, the beauty, the bride walks in, we all stand. It's just, it's so mm. holy. And so, and then you have the reception afterward where everyone's just cutting loose and dance. And it's like, and it's meant to go on. It's, we were meant to carry that. So in that mm. spirit, in that vein, Psalm 149 says, halal the Lord. So how it starts off, like that idea, do that to the Lord, do that with mm. the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song in his praise his halal in the assembly of saints. Verse two, let Israel rejoice in their maker. To rejoice means to spin Mm. under the violent emotion of joy. To spin, right? Mm. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. So a lot of times we think, oh, if I don't feel it, I'm I'm betraying, I'm being fake. I've got to feel it first. And the Lord says, well, let's flip it then. Have you ever been tempted to cheat on your spouse? Maybe that's come. What do you do with that feeling? No, I don't obey that feeling. I, I, I bind that. So yeah, I don't obey my feelings. So the, the reverse of that is mm. I don't also praise the Lord when I just feel like it. I praise the Lord. And here's his answer. He says, be joyful. It's in your being. It's already present to you because he is our joy. So as the joy of the Lord, that's already happening in heaven. See, we rejoice because he's already joicing, you know, he's already joyful. He's already exuberant. He is happy. He's not in a bad mood. He doesn't even need us to sing to him, to cheer him up. You know, we don't need the church to cheer God up with our songs. We cheer ourselves up as we share in his holiness. We get Mm. to share with him. And then verse three, this is what made me think of you. Let them halal his name with the dance. Yes. Come on. Entire, entire, you know, uh, sex of theology that prohibit dance. Yeah. And the Lord is saying right here, let them halal, let them rant, rave, boast, act clamorously foolish. Hmm. My name with the dance, let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and the harp. And then verse four, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. There's something in the heart of God that's like, I am pleased when I see you doing that. Mm -hmm. And we have to get it into our theology now in this day and age where it's not emotionalism. Emotions are a part of our DNA. It's a part of our, our birthright. God is emotional. The danger that people get afraid of and usually start to build, you know, doctrines around fear. We don't want this to happen. Maybe there is a mistake here and there. And so we start to build doctrines around the going. Yeah, we don't create any like 
unsafe place. So let's start yeah. prohibiting it from that. And I just want to challenge that because the Lord doesn't ever come with rules and restrictions. Yeah. In fact, if you want to go to, you want to argue about the Torah, God never related to people based on the Torah to begin with. He gave the Torah because there were people who wanted to be like other nations. In fact, the people of Israel would argue and, and, and they were obstinate with the Lord that he, he was like, okay, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do something here. I'm going to give you a, a, a list and eventually it's going to wear you out because you're yeah, yeah, yeah. a better way to relate to me. So and it was good. on the basis of his grace. Mm-hmm. He always re- related to us on the basis of his grace, never on avoiding mistakes. Religion will teach you to avoid mistakes and you think that you're holy before the Lord. But what does the right. Lord say about holiness? Be holy, be mm-hmm. joyful. And the way that we are that with the way that we be is when we're in relationship with him, yeah. just in, in relationship with him. You That's know? so good. Yeah. And the relationship obviously teaches <laughs> you an element of identity, right? And so like, if I am coming to my father and I'm like, oh man, I have that character trait. Or I go to my mom and I'm like, man, I look just like her. I like emulate that, right? In the right. knowingness of who they are. And I think as I'm sh- even sharing this, I'm thinking of all of the children and and not just kiddos, right? Like our age and and beyond who either didn't have a relationship with their father or their mother, or they were orphaned in some season of their life. Um, or they were actually, you know, adopted into a different family. I was was even speaking to someone yesterday who they are a white couple and they adopted a black child and she is now 18 years old and she is just enraged with all this like terror and tumultuous un- di- misunderstandings mm. of who she is. And they're, you know, they love the Lord. And so we're like covering her in prayer of just being like, know your identity like that. It doesn't matter about flesh and blood, right? Our color of our skin. Like we are all birthed from one nation. And so it's wild to think about like the closer that I get to understanding who he is and seeing his character and seeing his qualities and seeing his traits, the more in my beingness, joy resounds. The more in my beingness, I operate in that space of holiness, not because I'm trying to be anything other than who I am, which is who he is. He says, I am right. And I am what I am. I am. I'm literally the wind. I'm the whisper. I'm, I'm the word. And that is how we, we get to go and get deeper into intimacy with him. It's so wild. As you mentioned the dance, Andrew, the enemy desperately tried to steal that away from me. Um, Mm. I was, I was a part of dance when I was younger. I went to dance school when I was in elementary school for every Friday, I would get picked up and go to CCD here locally or CDC here locally. And then I was a part of the dance team. And as I went into like secular music towards dance, there was, you know, hip hop, rap culture, um, sexualization of like a woman's body, all these things that MTV, I was in the MTV era for kids, right? The 17 magazine airbrushing started. This is pre-filter. This is pre-Facebook and Instagram and all those things. And I had been exposed to porn when I was little as well. So there was all of these like, you know, like just lies being presented to me ultimately. And when I was wrecked by the Holy Spirit at 29, I was always like center stage or I was center dance floor. I was that wedding party person who was like dugging, right? Teach me how to dug. I was that girl, right? And I thought, especially when I was asked and convicted to give up secular music, I was like, I'm never going to be able to dance again. And Mm. it was not actually until um, my son, who actually I had prior to my encounter with the Lord. I'm so grateful that my kids came first and there is God used them in such a beautiful way. But I remember like rocking him when I was little and we would dance in the living room. And that was the first time that I felt beautiful dancing. And um, like I wasn't doing it in a God honoring way because I didn't have that relationship or knowing of God at that point. Um, But After I had my encounter with the Lord, there's been several different things that have happened associated directly to dance, specifically dancing with my son now, uh, understanding Christian rap music, which is so rad. Everyone needs to tune in. There's not just like Christian hymns, right? There's a lot more to Christian music. Um, But I love that you said that. And it was about three years ago. 
um, on a stage, a secular stage, even though it was called grow your business for God's sake, it was very much like business is why people were there. And the Lord completely captured my tongue before I went out onto stage. And I had prepped for months over what I was going to be sharing. I had this like thought in my mind, I'm so young. How am I supposed to teach all of these other people about business? I haven't learned that much yet. All these different things went through my head and he captured my tongue. I couldn't even in my brain figure out how I was going to introduce myself. I was like, I, I don't even know my name. Like it was scary. My husband's looking at me and he's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'm like, you, you, you don't understand. I, I cannot I cannot develop. I cannot create right now in my mind. And so my husband was the one who said, why don't you put our worship leader of Jay Stallings? You might know him here locally. Mm. Put Jay up on the keys. And when you get up there, just pray, just pray first and it'll all come to you. Well, he started playing and I started dancing and it shifted my entire perspective on public speaking, which I've always been naturally gifted in, what this podcast has been used for. I mean, literally my life shifted. This was in fall of 2021. And every single time I think of taking the stage, I think of that moment of the dancing. And it doesn't matter if I have nothing to say, the Lord's going to speak. Amen. Come on. That's powerful. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, I personally believe that the church, the bride that Jesus will return for will be a dancing bride. Yeah. And I believe that we're even seeing uh, this mm-hmm. in our current uh, generation where God's redeeming so much. He's redeeming uh, the body. Jesus loves the human body. He yes. loves the human frame and sickness and death, those things that come at us you know, we, we get sick and sometimes people die, you know, obviously these are realities that we deal with, but the promises of God are that sickness and disease, uh, they, they don't belong to us. They're actually illegal. And, you know, we're instructed in the book of James that if someone does fall sick, the first thing that we are instructed to do is to call the elders and have them come and pray over us and anoint us with oil. Now, I, I believe that we live in a day and age where you can go online or you can call someone and you can have a, a quick fix anytime. And praise God for modern medicine. Absolutely, yeah. But I wonder if we were to change our perspective and say, Lord, mm-hmm. we're going to turn to you first. Mm-hmm. We're going to consult you first mm-hmm. before we go to these other places. I wonder if there would be different outcomes and perhaps we wouldn't fall prey to just these uh, these victimizations where we become victims of sin and disease. Now, I say that because I see those as direct attacks on the physical body. You know, John wrote in Third John, I pray that you would prosper in your soul and in your body, that your, your body would prosper as your soul prospers, That's as your yeah. spirit is alive, right? Because yeah. we're spirits that it... Uh, have a soul that inhabit a body. So it's three in one, right? The expression of God, the expression of the kingdom is from the inside out. How do you want to see the kingdom? Then you express the inward impression must become an outward expression. So I would say for you, like that moment, God set you up and he was going, Hey, you have a plan and it's a great plan. I love your plan, but I'm going to confuse it for just a second because I want you to engage your spirit. Mm. In fact, your answer was, hey, get Jay. He's an anointed worship guy. Let's go a different route. Not to say that God wouldn't let you get up there and share your incredible message and people, but hey, I want to add to it. I want to flow in a different way. So get worship going and then your body starts moving and then life starts flowing. Yeah. Because there's a difference between knowledge and life. See, we ate from the tree of knowledge. Yeah. We chose knowledge and there's good stuff on that tree. There's also evil on that tree. But it, we all know the feeling of doing something that we shouldn't have done and then living with that guilt and that shame. It's the same shame and guilt that Adam and Eve had. It was like, oh my God, what yep. have I done? Now yep. I know something I should have never known before. Yeah. 
we we trade life for knowledge and God is saying, I came here to give you life. I want to flow through you where you're not even worried about knowledge. The yeah. Greeks worshipped knowledge. In fact, good. that influence is still flowing. We, we've got so much knowledge <laughs> available to us, but we're sicker than ever. Yeah, and God's right. Going, you just trust me. You know, yeah. like your tongue, what you say, Mark 11, yeah. you get to have what you say. If you're speaking negatively, you're creating yeah. a negative environment. Hey, I'm prone to negativity and complaining at times when things don't go yeah. my way. But I have to teach myself and discern, like with my spirit, what am I creating with my word? What am I creating with my body, my body language, the tone that I'm setting in my home for my family, for my kids? Holy Spirit, come, come express yourself through me. And so that's one of the core even elements, I think, of of the end time church is a, a rejoicing church that is not just, I mean, it used to be kind of taboo to raise your hands, right? Right, so, right, right, right. Oh, yeah. I never saw that. I never saw that. It's kind of like moving back and forth. They're like, wow. Can you imagine? I saw it, too. When I was in Norway in yeah. 2010, I was invited to come. I traveled extensively through Scandinavia and ministered a lot there and um, have several just loving, deep friendships there. And I was invited to come to a place called um, uh, Hamar, Norway, mm-hmm. and they have a like a retreat center there called Hedmark Toppen, which is very famous in Norway. And every year they have these summer like conferences there. And so I was invited to come be like the worship guest and um, incredible time, amazing time. But after my set into the evening, there was this uh, group called Jesus loves electro. And (laughs) there's some friends of mine, uh, but I didn't know them at the time. I met them during this, this event. And, uh, four guys that just love Jesus, but love electro music, you know, like, like techno and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so they would take like worship songs and like remix Come them on. as these like dance songs. Right. And they put on this crazy show, but it wasn't entertainment. It truly was like worship. And I was with like a thousand Norwegian kids. And I remember <laughs> after my set and everything, I went and just went out onto the floor and these guys started doing their thing. And this whole room starts praising God with wow. Dan. And, wow. it, it, and I feel like in the, in the moment I saw the future, I saw Come the on. Lord go, this is what I'm after. Now, not everybody's going to be like as accomplished a dancer as you, or maybe some, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I've got rhythm in me, but I'm not the best dancer either way. It doesn't matter. No. What matters is God has commanded that we praise him with the dance, whatever that may be, whatever it may look like. Because praise is not praise until it becomes physical. Biblical praise is not a mental exercise. It is a physical exercise. And there is a joy in releasing that. And so as we we come to restore the roar, that's one of our main components is, Lord, we want to create musically the environment where dance can really happen. I love contemplative. I love 70 to 72 BPM, Holy Spirit BPM. It's wonderful. <laughs> we, we're going to do that too. But we also, right. you know, it's like that. What's that old uh, American bandstand? Like it's got a beat and I can dance yes, to it. You yes. know? Like we got to be able to move. And if you yeah. see these kinds of songs and it, the Lord created music. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not the devil's, you know, no, it's not the devil's no. music. So we're excited mm-hmm. to see that extreme joy and it's not yeah. fake it till you make it. I know people have been told to do that. It's, it's actually just be it, just be yeah. it. And sometimes you do have to wade through some of the, yeah. you know. The- well, you have these like self-criticizing, right? I was even, I was just on a dance floor with my husband and I, my whole life since I've met him, I say my whole life, we've been together like 15 years, right? I mean, I was always the dancer and he just kind of like stood there and it was enough just to get him on the dance floor to stand there. Right. And so we were at my sister's 40th birthday party and there was a musician who's also here locally, Chris Keys. You might be familiar with him. Um, He, he plays a lot of like, uh, uh, contemporary places, secular places, but he also plays every Sunday morning at, at his mama's church. And a lot of people don't know that about him. Well, he was there and the entire night was worship music. And so he was playing and like putting in like 
regular tunes, secular tunes into like a worship rhythm. And then it would play where it was so beautiful. And my husband was on the dance floor and he was like kind of cutting a rug. And I was like, what is happening? And he's like, I can get down to these tunes, right? He had never worship danced with me on a dance floor before. And wow. I was just like, what an invitation to intimacy for couples, right? Mm. For them to dance together, not that like slow rhythmic dance or like the one where the guy just steps left to right because they're uncomfortable and they don't really know what to do. Right. But in I feel like it's it really lends itself to that childlike rhythm, that childlike play where you're not judging yourself. There's no criticism connected to it. It's just like, just be. I mean, I was on this stage with like 300 people watching me. I had never danced on a stage like that before, especially not at a business conference. And I'm right. like, you know what? It, I couldn't even see them. And, and I wanted to take note to this around the burn 24 seven thing, because I feel like people who are listening to this today are going to have this release to step in to the thing that they have been judging themselves over. And that it's actually an yeah. invitation from the Lord for them to come and that he truly supernaturally blinded me from what that school was actually intended for. He literally mm. was just like, here's your invitation. I made no question, no qualm, no self-judgment. I was like, I I'm supposed to be here. And it wasn't until I was on the inside of said scenario paid for, I'm showing up every single day that I was like, oh, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. Right. And he's like, no, no, no. I already set the table. I already set the table. This has your yeah. name on it. And yeah. so I just hope that I know that. And I hope that the people who are listening, like just experience that side of that intimacy with Christ and that it can be something that you and your husband and you and your children can partake in yeah. without judgment. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. And always. again, I say rejoice. Okay, so this is kind of weird to be promoting a podcast on a podcast, and it's not my podcast, and it's not a friend's podcast, though you are my friend. It's your podcast. You want a slot, right? You want to be heard. You want to amplify your voice because you, too, have an incredible message to share with the world. This is the coolest part. It is with the world. It's with the nations. And that's exactly what we're told to do. Go and tell. Go and make disciples of nations. And podcasting is a way to do that. So if you are ready to finally press play on this idea, the best way to do it, instead of chasing down the YouTube degree that you can surely get on these areas or chasing down all the podcasters that you know and piecemealing your own way through is to come to a two and a half day experience, a retreat actually with our fit media team who has been doing this for quite a while, five years in fact. And we've launched over 40 podcasts at this point. And it's pretty dynamic, the methodology in which we've uncracked the code around to allow you to not only come just with an idea, but to leave with a fully equipped, fully uh, available, yes, it's live and in action with two and a half days podcast that the whole world has access to. We're going to do recording. We're going to do photo shoot for your cover. We're going to create designs and media. We're going to talk about how do you use this in your business strategy? I mean, the list goes on and you will not be left alone afterwards because you get access to a full portal of teaching around it for any of the additional questions that you need. So you need to get your butt in the seat. All right. Really get your booty into the experience and go to the website, check out and apply. All the things that you need are there. It's going to be March 16th through the 18th, 2023. So it's coming up quick and we cannot wait to welcome you there. It'll be in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And that's my hometown. That's a lot of our team's hometown. And so we're excited to welcome you here. Our home um, flights and accommodations are not included, but everything else is 100% taken care of. And you're going to have more than your fair share of ROI on this dynamic experience. I can assure you, and you can check out the reviews to prove it. Anyway, love you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Fit and Faith podcast. I can't wait to hear what your title is going to be. Yeah, so good. <laughs> well, it reminds me of two of like Proverbs where it's like the one who refreshes, you know, will always refresh others. And you said rejoice and that he's rejoicing in heaven. And I thought yeah. of all the rewords, right? Like rewire, refresh, rejuvenate. Well, it's all re because it's already in his character. Yeah. Like he 
fresh. He's fresh. His soul is yeah. fresh. His anointing is fresh. And it's just like, let's receive that. And, and for some people, for the very first time, right, there's going to be people who come there who have never embraced, never met, never understood tongues, never seen, you know, anybody dance like a crazy person, right? Like they're like, let's dance crazy. Let's dance like in that space. And I want, I don't want them to have blinders on or that, that element of anything besides freedom. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm remembering something that I, I watched uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And it had me thinking about the predictability of mm. of church culture right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we have a, a certain predictability. We know how to behave when we come into a church environment. And I love the local church. I've I've yeah. served local church my whole life. Uh and yet at the same time, we have to be careful not to have these like predictable responses, you know. Um we all know the the disdain that can happen as we do church over and over and over again. People leave and they're like, I'm I'm tired of that. I'm bored of that. They get offended and they leave or whatever the thing may be. But then there's this kind of cyclical thing where we we find another community that's got yeah. something different and we go, yes, Lord. And I, I just look at that and go, that's a part of the journey of faith in a believer. You can receive yeah. something from a local body that you need in that season, but then you move on because God may have something somewhere else for you to receive, but also to sow out, you know, because it's giving and receiving. So just, that's a freebie, like be, be free. (laughs) Like you're not, religion teaches you, you have to do it this way. Yeah. You have to hit the ball, right? If you don't hit the ball, right, God is going to be displeased with you. That's just not the father's heart. The father's heart is about giving and receiving love. And we start by receiving from him. And then we're able to give that away. It's not, hey, let me go give. I was talking with a friend the other day about um, it's really hard for people to receive. Most of us are easy. It's easier for us to give like whatever it is. I'll show, I'll give encouragement. I'll show, I'll go take you a meal. I'll do whatever. But then when that comes to you, there's this thing inside all of us. It's like, I don't, I can't take this. I can't receive it. I don't deserve it. Mm. Yeah, but. But the Lord says, you need to receive. You need to receive me and receive my kingdom. But what I was going to say is, uh, I was watching an interview with Sting and David Letterman from like 1980. Oh, cool. David Letterman was asking him. So he's with the police, right? And they had just played in India for the first time. And, And David was asking Sting, like, you know, what was that like for you? And Sting's response really like, it, 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 it kind of shocked me. He goes, it made me a believer in rock and roll as an art form. Hmm. That's what he said. He said, because all of the responses were spontaneous. They had never heard rock music before. Hmm. So Sting and the police played in, I think it was um, uh, Bombay or some, you know, somewhere in India. um, And, uh, so they filmed it and these people had never heard this kind of music. Yeah. So imagine like, imagine taking the gospel to a tribe that's never heard Mm -hmm. the gospel before, you know, what, what you're about to share is like, they have no matrix, no grid for it. Right. So it's very similar. Like they show up to play this music and you see these people's responses and they're all unpredictable. They're all spontaneous. They're all in real time responding. Yeah. No one taught them how to dance to it and staying it. They're just releasing their sound, which is like their, their sound. They crafted the sound and they're releasing it. It's high energy. It's fun. It's, it's amazing. Right. And, and when David Letterman is interviewing sting and he says, how did that how, tell me about that? And he goes, well, it made me a believer in rock and roll as an art form. It was like, this expression is valid because I didn't see a predictable response. I saw the spontaneous response and the danger that we have in church culture is that we, we know we're programmed even to react to certain things. We know when to raise our hands, when to bow, even the altar calls. We're so used to that. What I see the Lord doing 
in our hour is he's kind of moving us out of the context that we've known into some maybe unpredictable waters, much like when he called to Peter and the disciples and he said, come to me. It seems like danger to walk on the water. It's, it actually goes against every mental impulse that you have. I shouldn't be coming out. But if it's you, Jesus, I will come to you. Yeah. And I so think good. that voice, if you learn to discern his voice in your life, you, you're going to learn a few things. He's going to constantly be speaking your identity mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. and his identity to you. Yeah, that's good. And then he's going to invite you to cooperate with his grace to do kingdom work in the world because we are light and salt and we begin to change the society around us. And so restore the roar was really something that the Lord spoke to me during the COVID season. He said, and it's simple. I was sitting in a chair four in the morning in kind of a grieving season because we had had a couple miscarriages and it was mm-hmm. a really tough time. Yeah. And, and, and God didn't speak to me about that. He, mm-hmm. he said, Andrew, I want to restore the roar of worship back to America. And I said, you see what's going on here? Like, <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't even have a roar. <laughs> like, I don't even want to leave the house right now. We're hurting. And, uh, and God dealt with that. He did. Mm-hmm. We, we grieved and we healed and we moved on. And, and, and eight weeks ago we had a little girl, mm-hmm. you know, Hallelujah. the the last addition to our family, you know, the mm-hmm. Lord even gave us another child. So as a family, we, we saw that redemption. But in the middle of that season, God was saying, speaking to me, Andrew, I want to restore the roar of worship back to America. I want to give back to the bride, her voice, her power, her authority, you know, and when we walk with Jesus in intimacy, and when we begin to say no to the idols of the land, and we truly choose him, uh, there is a confidence that comes, there's an authority, there's a uh, Matthew 18, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. We need to begin to use that. And specifically, even it's funny that you mentioned your husband. I, I see the Lord moving in the hearts of men, setting men free who've grown up with pornography as a normal thing in their life, uh, who have yeah. been muzzled by the addictions that have uh, just plagued their life. God is saying, I want to break all of that off as if it never even happened. It's not Come even on. who you are. It's the, the, the Greek word expiate, where it's like a, a, a chalkboard. The Lord doesn't just like wash away our sins. Like, you know, I can still feel the residue of it. It's expiation. It is, he wipes it as if it never even happened before. It's a brand new identity. It's his identity. And we're living in a society where even physically people are mutilating their bodies, trying to change who they are because there's so much confusion around the image yeah. of God. We were created in his image and he is restoring his image. He is restoring and redeeming uh, the human body, the human soul, the human spirit unto bridal intimacy with him to enjoy and connect with him on a daily basis. And out of that place is the roar. It's the roar of heaven. It's the joy. It's the celebration that as the saints, we have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb and there is nothing that can stop it. There is nothing that can stop what God is doing in the earth. The devil tried to do it. Yeah. He preempted God. He always preempts the move of God. We saw yeah. a revival over the last two years. I call it a revival. Mm-hmm. It was a revival of fear in 2020. Fear didn't just hit one city, one state, one nation. It hit the globe. And there was a concerted effort amongst people who were partnering with fear to release fear into the earth, that same Goliath spirit that shuts everyone down. And what did God do? He brought a little David boy, a little shepherd Mm -hmm. boy, who was not under the influence of that demonic spirit who came and said, who is this person? Mm -hmm. I I don't care who he, I don't care how tall he is. He's mocking the living God. And God raised David up in an hour where there was nobody who would go out to battle. And I believe we're seeing that same uh, story Mm -hmm. in a way play out. God is there are Davids all over the place that have been yeah. hiding out. You're one of them. I'm one of them. They're, they're all over. We're all Davids. Yeah, you know, come on. We're all the beloved of the Lord. And he's yeah. saying those that have stayed with me and developed intimacy with me in the secret place, I'm calling them in to a, 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 a public forum to raise up a sound that cannot be stopped. And so that's Restore the Roar. 
That's what we're, it, we're about. It's so good. And I think the thing that excites me most, and you mentioned it associated to church and predictability of church is, and I love that example with Sting. How good is God that you got to watch that interview? Um, is, is this idea just yesterday I was in service and I just, I've learned more than ever in my life when I don't come to the Lord with an agenda in worship and I just come to just praise him to truly just not even with Thanksgiving, just like holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, just in awe, just in awe of who he is (laughs) that he shows up for me in, in a different way. I I'm revealed to him differently. I don't even know what the right language or context would be. And I keep closing my eyes for those who are not watching because I just, I can sense his presence in this moment, even of what happened in worship yesterday. And essentially the exact words that he was sharing with me, the person would come up on stage to pray and their words would just mimic exactly what the Lord was saying to me personally. And I was like, Oh, just taken aback. I was like laughing. I was crying. I was just so enamored with the Lord. And predictably, it was time for the sermon to start. And Mm -hmm. so it was like, you know, the sound kind of dwindled and everyone's clapping. And I, in my heart of hearts, I was like, oh no, you're not, you're not stealing this from me. This is not ending. I'm not, I'm not done here. Me and the Lord are still interacting. And so I got up and I went to go sit in the back so that I could still be in service. And there was only one chair available and I was going to be that crazy person at the end of the row, just like crying, worshiping and just like (laughs) speaking in tongues. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to go outside. So I, I left the building. I went outside and I sat with the Lord for about probably another 30 minutes. I don't know because I didn't have time or anything around me. And I was asking God in that moment, Lord, what are you trying to speak to me? Like, I feel your presence so strong. I see you. I, I can taste you. I like, I'm right here. Why are, why right now? And mm. he said, as steady as the wind is, so is my word. And I sat there with that and I was like, and it's literally like windy breeze. It was beautiful yesterday here in Virginia beach. And I was just like, what does that mean? And he was like, I am meaning that to me, as it was revealed, the word that you're looking for me to say, I already am the answer Mm. that you're looking to find. I already am like, you know, the word you spend time in the word every single day. Those words are me. I am there. And it was just this beautiful encounter with God. And I, and I can really only count maybe one, maybe going on my second hand over here of times where I've had this, this type, this immersive of an encounter with the Lord. And I went, I, after 30 minutes, you know, even had a a little lady come over and she was like, do you need prayer? And I was just laughing and I was like weeping and laughing. I'm like, no, I'm just basking in his glory. And she, oh, praise God. And she walked away. Right. Like, I don't even know what she looked like or who she was, but I went back into service when I felt like, okay, I think. I feel like content with what just occurred. And I sat in there and I just, my eyes were closed the entire time because I just couldn't even hear because I just felt like I was in his presence. And so why I share that with you is, is twofold. One, because it's just, you're so on point with what the Lord is doing about breaking down the predictability of even the church. This is going to happen in churches across America, just as it did is what people most frequently or recently know as, as in Asbury, but with restore the roar, there's no agenda of time, right? There's no, there's no start. There's no finish. There's no like, let me adjust this. Okay. New set coming on. It's like, Holy spirit. Let's just let him be the guide. Let's let mm-hmm. him create the agenda. And that's going to radically shift people in, in yeah. an incredible way. They're going to go back to their homes. And, and like me today, I'm like, I don't even know how I'm supposed to operate other than in this place of just uh, rejoice. Right. And everything that we get to do, even the finite little details, like making lunch for my kids or having a team meeting, all the things I've done today, I'm just in this wild state. I'm like, this is heaven on earth, y'all. It is possible, right? It's, it's, we ask for this in the Lord's prayer that we all know since we were little, but do we truly know what we're asking for? Do we truly Mm. believe that that is real Mm. here on earth as it is in heaven? Is he, is he really that good? And I think people question (laughs) this 
And I'm like, yeah. no, let me let me hold your shoulders and let's dance together, right? Like there is yeah. so much more taste and see that what the Lord is good. And he's so much so good. more good than what you think is good. Right. Yeah, he's better than the thought I had just now of how good he is. He's, yeah. he's always better. He's always yeah. showing that. I mean, th- think about it. The angels in heaven cry out, holy, 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 mm-hmm. all all the time, every time they see him, because he's just so much better than yeah. what they knew. It, yeah. It's not that we have to, it's that we get to, we get to to participate. And, you know, as you were talking, uh, I was just thinking, man, if we, if we only came with a childlike heart, yeah. if we just came with a childlike heart, yeah. Papa, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? Man, God will always exceed, you know, Ephesians 3.20 says now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, right? So yeah. that's the relative of whatever you can present to him, he's going to exceed it because yeah. he's that good, right? Yeah. But he wants something, he needs something presented to him to that's exceed. Good. So whatever you're, whoever's watching this right now, who has a dream in their heart, who has a vision of uh, some kind of ministry or some kind of book they want to write or a podcast, you've obviously inspired so many people as an influencer. There's dreams that God is putting on the inside of people and God's going, I want you to present that back to me. I want you to write it down. Be be exact. Be specific. Yeah. Present it to me. Give me something that I can exceed because I'm going to exceed abundantly more than you could ever ask for. Imagine according to the power that's at work within you. God is wanting to bring the kingdom out of people into into the realms of society that we're all familiar with. And that may look like, hey, you're laying hands on people and casting demons out. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Come on. And it may look like just gifts of hospitality where you're holding dinners and people are coming over going, I never knew life could be like this, you know, or it may just be the, the, the mother and and father going, we're just going to love our kids. We're going to like pour ourselves into our kids and not just be so busy all the time, putting them in this thing and that we're just going to like cut back on some things. It's the life of the spirit Come on, and to obey Holy spirit, to obey Holy spirit. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Andrew, you are such a treasure. And I am I am so excited for just this year ahead. Cause is this is the first location for Restore the Roar? It in some ways, yes. We we okay. did one in Ohio in November okay. that was uh it, it was kind of last minute. It wasn't on our radar, but God made it very clear we were supposed to go. And so we met without any kind of prep or anything, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just it was like a Jackson Pollock painting. We were just yeah, throwing paint up and it was beautiful, you know? And uh, so man, it, it was, it was like, this is what it was like. And I want to say, this is what we expect it to be like. Um, Psalm 42 says in the roar of your waterfalls, deep cries unto deep. And if you think of a waterfall, it's that constant continual flow. It's a consistent sound. It's uh, inexhaustible. And that is how heaven moves. Heaven is never exhausted. Heaven's resources, heaven's sound, they don't get tired. There's no fear. There's no mm-hmm. one looking at the clock. Eternity, it says in Ecclesiastes, yes. eternity has been put in the heart of man. So there's this timelessness with the presence of God where you're like, like you were saying, like I was yes. just lingering. Like we had to move on in the service, but I just went outside because I was having this moment with God. That to yes. me is eternity. God is yeah. eternal, right? And so yeah. on earth, we're, we're looking to cultivate a space with these Restore the Roar gatherings mm-hmm. where we, we kind of tap into that, that, that eternal flow and say, Lord, we've got 72 hours here. Actually, I have a dream next year in the October Feast of Tabernacles, seven days. Come on, let's go. Which, Come like, on. That's a lot. Three days is a lot. <laughs> seven days. But we... I believe we can do it. I believe that God's in it. I, I believe yeah. in the, the, you know, the, the festival seasons that God has implemented. Yeah. And honestly, we're in a Pesach season right now that Passover was just, you know, uh, yep. last Sunday. And so, you know, Pesach being Passover being the time that one of the times that the Jews, the Hebrews were called to Jerusalem, like, come yeah. up here to mm. celebrate, 
Come to on. like worship. Right? It was a very uh, intentional time. And so that we're doing Restore the Roar this week, April 21st and 22nd. That's all day Friday, all day Saturday in Lexington, Virginia at Big Spring Farm. You can find out all the info. Either you can download our app, Restore the Roar app, or you can go to RestoreTheRoar.co. It's not .com, it's .co. And you can see all the info there for what we have planned. But it is it is a deluge. It's come and immerse yourself in the mm-hmm. presence of God. Come and give, present your body, right? That's Romans yeah. 12, 1, present your body to him and linger in his presence mm-hmm. with many other people who are hungry for him. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. It's not a conference. It's not an, a, yeah. it's really not the spirit of what we're doing, but mm-hmm. we're allowing Holy Spirit, the space to, to make it what he wants it to be. Ohio was a, a radical, radical um, experience. We ended Ohio kind of spontaneously with a yeah. halal place and halal. it lasted for over 10 minutes. And ho- this is one of the things about halal. It's not accompanied by music. It's not prompted mm. by music. A lot of times mm. we, we think, okay, give me the musicians. Right. This is just a decision from the inside out. I'm going to release a crazy roar. Before the Lord, uh, you know, Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will make his boast. And it's a boast. You know, it's like I'm boasting in God because of who he is. And man, as we did that, uh, over 10 minutes, it lasted unbroken. And 10 minutes is a long time. 60 seconds is Yes, for and sure. It was like it, and it was like wave after wave. It would start to die down a little bit, and then it would just resurge. And it was just oh, this beautiful wow. sound, and it really shook the region. And, um, mm. and so we're believing as we gather and we lift up those halals here in Virginia that he, that God is going to, uh, according to Isaiah forty-two, it says that when he hears that sound, that he rouses himself like a mighty man of war, and he begins to roar against his enemies. And so we're asking the Lord to roar against the enemies of, of family um, and his people and to touch government, to raise up righteous leaders and city councils and school boards. Um, we're thankful that we have a governor that loves the Lord and uh, it has his heart. And we want to see people who love Jesus put into places of influence and authority so that as the Proverbs say that when the righteous are blessed, the city rejoices. Can you imagine a state? Could you imagine a city where there's no crime and there's no, there's no, not even sin. People aren't even sinning. There's gambling. Heaven on earth, right? Heaven on earth. You know, we're thinking, Oh, I can't wait to get to heaven until, you know, I'll just suffer on earth. God's like, Hey, I put the lion of Judah inside of you. I want you to roar. I want you to come before me with faith and Mm -hmm. believe that you're not just here as victims, but you're victors in the name of Jesus, but come together and lift that sound. And so, uh, it's not a pipe dream. I truly believe that as as we believe the Lord and act on his promises, that he will come and do what only he can do. Yeah. And people will write stories about it. They'll write books about it. Come so on. that's what we're doing. I'm so expectant for it. And it's going to happen city after city. And so you guys have to just follow along with everything Andrew and the crew is doing and surely download the app. I'm so expectant to see what comes out of it because even as you're saying, people will write books about it. When you have an encounter like that, you can't not take it with you. It's an it's a yeah. soul imprint. It imprints you. And so Amen. it's going to, it's just going to continue. When you look in front of the mirror, even you're going to have a different way that you look at yourself after having had that mighty roar released from the inside out of you and replaced again and again and again, like that refueling, that refreshment that's going to come from heaven. I'm so expectant for the people who are going to be there. It's going to be so good. People who have encounters can give encounters. Oh yeah. Come on. It's so good. It's so true. You're so right. And that's why it's so important for us to share them, right? Like I could keep that. Sometimes I think like, oh gosh, that was just intimate. Sometimes the words that he gives me, I don't share immediately. I journal them. I might share them with my spouse. I hold them as sacred. But when it's an encounter like that, like 
I can't not it over it comes out of me. I'm like, you've got to hear this. Like, this is real. <laughs> like, he's not real, right. right? So, oh gosh, it's gonna be so good. I we'll have to do a really cool, like just testimonial follow-up to hear how how it touches and blesses people's lives for eternity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here today and packing you, just your story. And I want to meet your mom and grandma <laughs> as I raise Very up awesome. little ones. <laughs> I, yes, I need that. Absolutely. Uh, so good. All right, y'all be blessed. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, restore the roar, get the app, go online. Lots of people de- uh, are commenting in the section. I didn't even have it open because I was just so intentional with Andrew. Yes, he is holy. Yes, we abide in that holiness. Yes, a bright celebration for the world. Oh my gosh, so good. All right, y'all. Bye-bye. <laughs> Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.